0: Episodes drop every Thursday and are about 15 minutes long, a great length for transition times during the day or a bedtime treat. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. Welcome to the Edit
1: Your Life podcast. I'm Christine Coe. And I'm Asha Dornfest, and we're here to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. We share practical
0: ways to declutter your home schedule and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection.
1: And we believe that baby steps are the key to getting there. Good morning, Christine. Hey, Asha. How are you? I'm doing okay this morning. How
0: are you doing? Uh, I'm okay. And shockingly, I am dressed. I am ready for the day. I am... In yet another sweater blazer, which people on Instagram will understand is a big joke with me and Sarah Powers of the Mom Hour. We are just we just won't (laughs) let this thing die. But anyway.
1: (laughs) All right. Well, I am dressed in that I am wearing fabric on my body, but I'm not going to describe exactly what it looks like. (laughs) Anyway, friends, uh, you know, by the time this is it's actually sort of a big day because I feel like, you know, at this at this stage, by the time this airs. Many of us are approaching the one-year anniversary of the COVID lockdown, which is is on the one hand uh, an amazing thing to actually say out loud. On the other hand, it just sort of is where we are. And I think I don't know. I know around here we've been thinking about it. Uh-huh. Um, specifically, we've been talk. I've been talking a lot with my kids about it because it was when the when the schools closed, and so we thought this would be a good moment to come back and sort of revisit the topic of schooling in this particular pandemic moment um i feel like since we last talked about it in the fall it has changed so much mm-hmm. um you know there's a lot of diversity across different states and school districts and specifically i thought we could really talk about reframing this school year um as you know where can we find the little bits of success and and the little positive things that that have happened i mean you know i've heard it talked about in the press, I think inaccurately, as the lost year. Mm -hmm. And I don't necessarily believe that's true. So I wanted to talk to you about that, Christine, and just share a little bit about what's going on for each of us, but then talk a little more broadly about what we've learned.
0: Yeah, you know, it's funny. Um, I actually just had a, I'll link it in the show notes, but I just um, had a Washington Post piece go live about the one-year anniversary. And you know, in it, I talk about how at the beginning, well, I actually frame it in terms of like grief and all these elevated feelings, because I feel like people I've heard a lot of people saying like, okay, the wall is even worse than it was before. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was really thinking about it in terms of how when shutdown started, you know, like, it's just everything's so different now, you know, that was emergency schooling versus trying to do real remote schooling, and just everything's different. Um, Even just you know, my kids are a mix of hybrid and remote. And right now there's a push in Massachusetts. Um, Who knows what will happen by the time this goes, goes live in a week, but there's a push in Massachusetts to, you know, all of a sudden put, you know, younger kids in school full time. And it just, it's just another sign that things are changing so quickly, you know, even though in mm-hmm. some ways time feels like it's going really slowly. So you know, and everybody's going to have a different perspective. Some people are super excited about that and some people are just like angry. So I just want to acknowledge all the feelings. All the feelings are valid mm. right now. <laughs> Absolutely. All the feelings
1: are valid. And I think it's so important that like that you mentioned that. I mean, it's amazing how different our not just you and me, but I mean, everybody, everybody's situations are in terms of school. So mm-hmm. here in Portland, we're still 100 percent remote. So. Mm. My daughter has been 100% remote for a year. And um, that is, you know, the the journey we've been on with that has been really something. Um, and she's a so senior, difficult. right? She's, so she's a senior in high school. Deal. So yeah. yeah, yeah. Lots of grief around that. Mm-hmm. Lots of loss, you know, um, but also growth. And, you know, I, I'm i not going to just sort of jump straight into, uh, you know, the silver lining situation because I, I think that covers over so much Of What's actually happening, the complexity of it for all Uh of us as parents, but also as kids. Uh That said, um, I am looking at a strong person who's learned some really important things about her own learning and her own resilience. And even she acknowledges that, you know, so. Uh, yeah, it's, it's all over the place with school. And I feel like that's why I'm really glad we're talking about it. You know, again, just to like give a little daylight into what's actually happening in people's lives and talk about some different ways we can think about it. But, you know, there was another reason I wanted to talk about this and it was actually kicked off by another piece you wrote for a prominent
0: newspaper paper. (laughs) I don't even know what's happening.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I, it's so exciting, um, because you wrote a fabulous, incredible piece for the Boston Globe magazine. Um, it was called, at least online, "Parents Can Care About Education and Still Be Okay Writing the School Year Off." You wrote a really uh, nuanced piece, actually, about the fact that it—you know—it's probably a good idea for us to apply some different um, sort of models to this year, and or when we're thinking about it. And uh, anyway, why don't you talk about? that for just a minute tell tell us what that was like and yeah uh, yeah yeah it was such a fabulous
0: piece well thank you thank you and I want to be clear you know it's funny if you you know read the headline and you don't see you know the subtitle or whatever um it, it could be a little misleading so I I was writing specifically in terms of you know academic milestones and standardized testing I'm not writing off social experiences and those losses. That's Mm -hmm. a very that's a whole different ball of wax. Um Mm -hmm. and I just want to stay at say up front that I give the Globe magazine like serious ups for being receptive to that piece. Um I actually recently detailed this whole thing and how all these amazing pieces came to fruition in a recent newsletter essay. But in a nutshell, um they invited me to pitch a piece for their parenting special issue and I had this idea that had really been sitting with me, and I wasn't sure they'd really go for it, honestly. And this was, you know, this was a big deal to be asked, so I really wanted them to like what I, you know, pitched. But I wasn't going to pitch something that I thought I like they would like. I wanted to pitch something that really meant something to me, obviously. Um, and the reason I didn't think I wasn't sure that they would go for it is because, you know, Boston. Hello, academic hotbed. Like, <laughs> you get to, It kind of doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, they said yes. And they just saw that piece. It was in, you know, I knew it was going to be in the print magazine, which is like a big deal. And it was also online. Um, But they saw that piece through to production with just an incredible level of care and journalistic rigor. Like I was blown away. I mean, I went back and forth several times with the editor. I saw multiple proofs. Like it was, mm. it was incredible. And it really, you know, on the other side of things, it clearly resonated with parents. Um, this probably won't ever happen to me again. So I'll just say <laughs> that it was the number one read article online at bostonglobe.com the day it launched. And really actually that is less about me and more about the fact that people needed that message. That's what my impression is anyway. So I think people were really hungry to, to feel okay about rethinking the year. You know, I heard that from multiple people that they just felt seen. They felt heard. They felt like their crazy thoughts weren't crazy, which is something you and I, I mean, that's why you and I wrote our book and that's why you Mm -hmm. and I started this podcast. It's been all about helping people feel less alone. And I think that's what happened with that piece and why it kind of went nuts. Absolutely. I
1: read some of the comments. I thought about it myself as a parent not just as your friend, um, and it was an incredibly grounding piece, and I'm really glad that we can sort of build upon that and talk about redefining COVID school year success in this episode. So there's a ton more to discuss, which we'll do after a quick break.
0: Understood is a resource I have recommended for many years to parents looking for support with learning and thinking differences such as ADHD, dyslexia, and more. And I'm subsequently excited to tell you about their podcast, Understood Explains. This season, the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Urtube, And it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. They cover topics such as how to tell if your child needs an IEP, common myths about special education, and the difference between IEPs and 504 plans. I love how Understood Explains breaks down the overwhelm by unpacking an important topic each season and then drilling down further into key basics in each episode. Most episodes are between 10 to 15 minutes, and episodes are available in both English and Spanish. So fantastic, right? To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Well, hey there, Busy Mama.
1: All right, friends, we're back, and we're talking about how to sort of rethink this school year and redefine it in in successful terms. And so, uh, I'm just going to kick us off by a reminder that I need to tell myself quite often, and that is to differentiate between schooling and learning. I talked a little bit in the beginning of this episode about how uh, you know I've been sort of like mentally pushing back against. Uh, you know, language that refers to this as the lost year and and learning loss and, you know, kids are behind and all of that stuff. Um, I realize that there are real reasons for that. And those reasons often, um, you know, span different socioeconomic statuses. So there are folks who come to school, you know, needing breakfast and lunch and there are all sorts of things going on. I So I don't want to be too broad about this, but I do want to give us a chance to remember that learning goes way beyond school. And I think we can all agree that this year, if it was anything, was a chance to learn. Mm-hmm. We've learned a lot about ourselves. We've learned a lot about our families. We've learned a lot about Government, bureaucracy, so many things. And, you know, in the case of my own kids, they've learned what they actually really love and miss about school and appreciate things about school. So, you know, not to mention all of the incredible work that the teachers have been doing to still continue the academic learning, you know, even if it hasn't necessarily worked one way or the other. Mm -hmm. So I just want to put that out there um, that school success and learning and education are, they're related but they're, but they're separate. And I think that's really important when we step back in the longer sort of time frame of things.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I agree. And I'm kind of chuckling to myself because, you know, you're, you're starting in with your Asha Yoda, big picture <laughs> kind of framing and I'm yeah. going, I'm going granular with my first thing that I wanted to, uh, underscore, mm-hmm. which is that life skills. <laughs> we have talked yeah. about this a million times, but like really now is if there wasn't a good time, like this is the time Um, I will actually link up. I know we have our life skills list, which we've talked about a bunch of times. It's like a hundred life skills. You can teach your kid in five minutes or less. I also created recently. Um, I re-upped a post on Boston Mamas that I'd shared like not long after shutdown about sort of like extracting 20 key Um life skills from that list. And I recently created a bingo version that people were really excited about, <laughs> like a bingo printable, how like ridiculous design. No, bingo's me. Always
1: okay. <laughs> yep. okay. And also pretty much anything in bingo form is more exciting. It's just anything. more fun.
0: Yeah. And actually I had a few people who were like, Oh, I thought that was for me. So I filled in because there were some free spaces and they filled in funny things for themselves. Um, anyway, <laughs> so yes. And, and I also will say that, um, in addition to those, you know, the classic life skills that are in those two, um, resources, like for example, just for a concrete example, like right now, while we have more free time and like nothing on the weekends, like we're squeezing in as many drivers at hours as possible, stuff like that. Mm. Like this is the time you can do stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. you know, the time is not lost, you know? Right. Right.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, and for those for whom, you know, Kids sort of, uh, you know, are falling down an entertainment rabbit hole on the weekends or whatever. I think a lot of people are kind of thinking, OK, well, you know, the time isn't lost, but my kids motivation is different. Well, you know, like we can work with that, too. And I think that sort of leads to my next tip, which is to let kids get to the sort of silver linings of this period in their own time. Mm. Um, you know, this is interesting. I think the fact is that, you know, this transition, this difference in learning has been so difficult. And I know for me, I get a lot of energy out of trying to think about the positives in any situation, but that's me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's not necessarily my kids. And their experience and their process is really, really different than mine. Mm. So I, just based on my own experience, I would suggest giving kids space to have and talk about their own, you know, feelings about what's going on there, you know, share their own experiences without really trying to fix them or point out what they're learning from them. And I find that that will probably be a better and possibly a quicker way to get to that place where you can all eventually redefine success for this year as long, you know, as long as kids have chance to sort of talk about what was lost. I think that is what lets them get to the next step.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Uh, well, speaking of helping kids, you know, find their way and get there in their own time, you know, one thing I really wanted to encourage people to do is to really let, you know, encourage self-direction. Um, a big focus of that globe piece we talked about on the front end of the show was really about encouraging kids and and helping them embrace self-directed passions. I mean, part of that is because that's like an essential part of just like human development and that's good for them. And also because it's independent and and on a logistical level, like so many parents are struggling with just everybody being on top of each other. So, you know, the one thing I really wanted to underscore with this, and in that article, there were just, I crowdsourced to just find out what, what kids were sort of falling in love with during the pandemic and was just blown away by the responses. It was crazy. But you know, one thing I want to underscore here is that you don't have to understand what the thing is or know how to do it even like, and you just have to be a supportive bystander in some cases. Like sometimes when my kids are talking to me about stuff that they've gotten into that I don't really understand, I just like listen. And then I'm (laughs) like, great. Okay. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously you want it to be a safe thing, like not a, not a, but um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just so great to give them the space um, and support them along that because it's going to pay off in, in so many ways.
1: Oh, I'm so glad you pointed that out. And (laughs) when I was talking a little bit earlier about, you know, people falling down the rabbit hole of, you know, electronic entertainment, you know, it's really interesting because that, you know, that's always been a concern for me. Well, when it comes to self-directed passions, I have discovered that for my son, who's done a semester of college at home, Mm. a lot of what he has been doing is playing chess, chess Mm. online. Okay, chess.com is (laughs) experiencing a resurgence. And he's been playing a ton of chess, which is really interesting. My daughter has been, you know, watching various like old shows with friends. And she has become quite the media critic. It's really interesting. I'll listen to her talk to her friends. They're having really detailed discussions about character development and costuming and set design and yeah (laughs) and it's like okay that's really really interesting and uh, you know like you said you don't have to understand it or know how to do it and i would add you might not even necessarily think it's that valuable which is you know it's it's sometimes it's hard to know like what really is that worth one's time but there's something going on that you might not know about Mm -hmm. so anyway interesting stuff all right so Another thing that has really helped our conversations here in my house about this year is to really reframe this school year as an experiment. You know, ex- reframe it as like a bracketed period of time. It's going to happen, you know, this school year. It's not going to happen. It's not going to be like this forever. Mm-hmm. And it's a chance to learn about learning. I mean, you can talk about it as a detour, you could talk about it as all sorts of things, but in some ways, I have found that that has helped because um, one thing that has been causing a lot of stress is um, kids being stuck on the same old grading system, the same old worries about a lot of that kind of stuff that happens in a regular school year. But this school year really is different. And I think it's really helpful to talk about it that way, to talk about the fact that conversations with teachers are different. Teachers have different expectations, you know, that we're all just humans getting through this together. So that has been helpful around here.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, you know, you were talking about sort of the deeper conversations that, um, you've been seeing, you know, play out, um, in your household. And I just wanted to encourage people to, you don't even, you don't even need a ton of time, but to just use these little bits of extra space to maybe dig into things that you might not have considered otherwise. So let me be a little more specific. I'll just say that the conversations that have been happening around here have been sort of incredible, and again, not a huge amount of time, but just we have like just a little more space to be aware so you know one example, I was admittedly grumbling a little bit because uh Vi recently had a cooking project, a zoom project that she had to do for one of her activities, and it involved me getting a bunch of groceries and I, I was pretty grumpy about it, Ash. I got <laughs> <laughs> it, and in, it involved like a, quite a bit of parental involvement, and it led to a really good but quick conversation about equity. Like I was really kind of bent out of shape. I didn't project that on Vi, obviously, but you know, we talked about how you know a project like this it involves money for groceries, it involves time and a parent around. Like super quick conversation, but really, really good to have with her, you know. And then I actually just recently finished reading cast by Isabel Wilkerson, which I've been Mm. telling everybody they need to read. And it led to an incredible, again, quick, maybe five or 10 minutes in the car while we were practicing driving, you know, conversation with Laurel and um, she's going to, she plans to read it. So just these little snippets, you know, I, I really encourage you to dig in a little bit, whether it's about social issues, whether it's about sex ed, obviously close to my heart, whether it's about mm-hmm. relationships, friendships, whatever, just, you know, look for those little pockets.
1: Mm-hmm. I think that is one of those strange benefits of being stuck in the same space together, <laughs> because, <laughs> yes. you know, it's sort of like it's sort of like office conversations. You bump into people in the hallways, things, things get mentioned, things get talked about, and that leads somewhere. And I have found that not often, but every now and then it does lead somewhere with my kids. And it's been, um, you know, it's not something we would have chosen, but there, there really is something there. And it's, it's a good thing to recognize it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, we have a few more ideas we want to share, and we're going to do that after a quick break.
1: No one told us the truth about
3: parenthood. Why?
1: And we're back and we are still talking about redefining this COVID school year and trying to dig for some ways to think about success. And my next tip is pretty straightforward, and that is to take a moment and actually recognize what's working. Uh, This is a reminder for me as much as anyone else, because I have to admit, I have spent a lot of time uh, really focused on what hasn't been working, um, in terms of school year. And that's been about me. I Mm. will just say that right now. That's been, I, I, it's not that I'm sitting here talking to my kid about it as much, but I've been thinking a lot about, um, you know, I was very excited about experiencing the senior year with my daughter and I have been stamping my feet and feeling sad about the fact that it hasn't been what, you know, what I would have hoped. Valid feelings, valid feelings, (laughs) all valid feelings, but, You know, it's now March and (laughs) (laughs) uh, it's it's important to recognize what's working. And actually, the fact is, there are some things about um, this experience. Part of what we just talked about, the conversations that have been, um, you know, sort of accessible to us simply because we've had time together. Um, You know, even something simple as having access to food and bathrooms and sleep. I mean, Mm -hmm. believe it or not, that's a really big deal for, you know, I have a night owl kid. It -hmm. has been a really good thing for her to be able to sleep a little bit more and eat when she needs to, not at the prescribed lunch period, Mm -hmm. have access to food in the kitchen. So, you know, but on from there, there have been all sorts of things that have been um, unique to this year that um, I want to try to spend a little more time thinking about so that I can remember it. It's Mm. it's important. And I think a good exercise for our kids, too.
0: Yeah, I love that. That's so great. Um, Okay, well, you know, the last thing I wanted to mention um, is actually kind of was inspired by somebody who commented on one of my posts on Instagram. And I just want people to remember that there are a lot of basics and I'm using air quotes there in play that are crucial wins, you know, so I, I think that. Uh, The reason this topic kind of came to me was because it was actually in response to the Glow piece. And somebody had said, um, you know, my kid hasn't found a passion. And I'm like, that's fine. Like, don't panic. And, um, you know, somebody had shared that even though their kid hasn't taken on some kind of like big, crazy, impressive creative pursuit, um, they have learned to roll with the punches. They have learned to manage expectations, how to find joy in small things. I mean, these things are huge in the journey of becoming a functional adult. And so, and especially, you know, especially valuable right now. So I just want to like circle in a pink pen or whatever, (laughs) that those seemingly small things are actually huge things.
1: Let me say, as the parent of adults, my daughter will be 18 soon enough. My son is 21. Um, Those are the things Mm -hmm. the whole thing about learning to roll with the punches, learning to be flexible, managing your expectations. That is it. And Mm -hmm. in fact, those are the things that kids often miss during an intense traditional school year. So I'll just say that um, just to get specific and give you an example, one of the things my daughter has been talking about is how the whole notion of leaving for college has been really scary for her. So sure. the you know, uh-huh. before, before all of this came around, just that sort of theoretical concept that, you know, she's going to graduate from high school and go to college, that whole idea just felt overwhelming and what is she going to study and where is she going to go? And what if she makes the wrong choice, et cetera. We recently had a conversation and she actually wrote an essay about it for, it was either an assignment or I'm not sure what it was for, but she said, you know, it's interesting after this year, I feel like I'm ready. I feel like, you know, if I can do this, if I can figure this out, I can figure out college and it's going to be an adventure. She has a completely different approach. Mm -hmm. Now, that may just have been a function of time. It could have been if we had a traditional school year, she'd be at the same place. But I don't think so. I think she would. I think she has a much better sense of her own internal strength than she would have otherwise. So I got to say, I think. I mean, if that's what she takes away from this, well, you know, there we go. Yeah. So, yeah, I I appreciate that you brought this up, and that actually leads me to my last tip of this episode. Oh,
0: wait, Asha, can I slide in one thing before you get yes, to your last please tip? Please do. Okay, please I do. just you know this this little thread that we're talking about. Um, I wanted to emphasize that if people have not listened to my interview with Dr. Michelle Borba on her book Thrivers um, a couple episodes back, please do because her book is, it's so great. I mean, she is fabulous and it's so great. And it's all about like helping kids find, you know, optimism and like learning to become resilient and all these little things in, you know, really tangible steps. So, um, you know, if this is something you're struggling with, and I love that in the interview, she was like, do not try to tackle everything at once, (laughs) you know, (laughs) just pick one thing. So, right. you know, if this is something that's been on your mind and you need a little help getting started, definitely check out that interview.
1: All right, great. And okay, we'll, onward, we'll, link it Asha, sorry. <laughs> we'll link it up as always. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. That's good. I'm glad you mentioned that. I, my last tip of this episode, you know, since I was sort of talking a little bit about college and I think some of you might might be in this situation. I know many of you have younger kids, but some of you uh, have older kids and, you know, there are a lot of worries for, you know, high school kids. Like, what does this mean for my future? So. My last tip is to really try as much as you can to redirect toward the present. You know, we talked in the beginning of this episode, literally by the time this episode airs, who knows what the school situation will be. It might be different. Okay, so rolling with the punches is part of the thing. And I think for kids who've been so I mean, they've been trained to focus on the future. That's what the school system is all set up to do is to really set them up, set them up for the next thing. And, you know, when those fears about the future intrude, like college admission or grades or career choices or, or whatever, you know, is going on, even, you know, what the summer will hold or what the next school year will hold. I think it really helps to just sort of try to bring that time horizon in a little bit closer and mm. say, hey, tell you what, let's focus on this week and let's get to the end of this week. And then, you know, we can talk about it. You know, there are going to be people to help us along the way. Every one of us, you know, we're we're taking these steps, never having done this before. So it's okay. It's going to be, you know, we're all taking this this sort of journey together. Mm. And that has been a helpful conversation in our house, not just for my kids, but for me, too.
0: Yeah, you know, I think one of the things I love about that, too, is that um, I, I, I think part of the sort of doom and gloom has just been feeling like, oh, everything is impacting, you know the future and what am I going to do next and whatever. And so I think the immediate act of kind of thinking about, all right, what do we need to do like this week and to get through the week and whatever, and find a moment of comfort this week. Like, I think that's so important. I mean, Mm -hmm. how else, how else will we, will we get through, you know?
1: Yeah. And, you know, especially, you know, it's interesting. I think about the conversations I've been having with my son who's in college, you know, he's really thinking about, adulthood, independent life. You know, he's concerned about, you know, how will this affect his career? And the Mm -hmm. fact is it, it will affect the future. Obviously the, the thing is that we don't know how it's going to affect the Mm -hmm. future. And that's, I think the thing to embrace. And that is so difficult. You know, I think that's, that's unbelievably difficult, especially when you're young and you're just getting started and you're doing your best to try to set these things up. But Um, you know, but that's always the case. I mean, that's a a lesson in life that we've all learned.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So
1: it's been, these have been good conversations and it really helps with the anxiety for sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
0: All right, Asha. Well, it's time to wrap up. So I would love to hear what your next edit is for our episode.
1: (sighs) Ah, well, you know, it's funny. I think that as we've been talking about all this, it occurs to me that some of the best times I've had with my kids have actually been outside the realm of the brain and inside the realm of the body, you know? So Mm
2: -hmm.
1: if you can, I would suggest do a physical activity with your kid. Now that could be something, you know, sort of sports or fitness or exercise related. I know I love taking walks with my daughter uh, when she's willing. It's really great, but it could also be something, um, you know, like with your hands, like, cooking something together or playing a game or something, anything that involves your hands or your body. And it just sort of takes everybody out of the Zoom learning brain space and into the hand body doing stuff space. And I find that lowers the stress and opens up the channels of communication.
0: Oh my gosh. Huge. And for somebody who after this call will be on zoom meetings all day long, (laughs) I think I'm going to need to bring a doodle pad or something.
1: Uh Um, (laughs) some Play-Doh, like your little
0: fidget spinner. I mean, honestly, I'll probably be holding a crystal, but that's, that's for another (laughs) conversation. Um, well, my, your next edit is actually quite related. And, you know, one thing that I want to say is that, you know, we're talking about redefining and, you know, finding positive moments. And as we talked about right at the beginning, also all feelings are valid and there's going to be a lot of sadness and there will continue to be moments and low moments. And one thing I talked about in my most recent Washington Post article was about, um, you know, if you're in one of these low times, like try something different. And so the example I used, I shared in the article was that, you know, as you know, Asha, just privately, I've been dealing with a lot of things and a lot of sadness and. I found myself just really low one recent weekend. And so I decided to um, do a little tile painting project, like a four by four inch square was tiny. And I, I don't think it was an accident. I picked the most detailed pattern that required me to use the tiniest brushes I could find. And it just helped me. I think it was a tactile activity. It was visual. It helped me focus on something else. And it was really, really powerful, so you know it doesn't have to be painting, but whatever it is, like just you know get out of your head a little bit and try something um different, shake it up it, a little.
1: It's magical, isn't it, it I, is magical. I i paint I painted a rock the other yes. you know well your some time ago good
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: i was it was uh, anyway. Just what you said. It was it was an amazing experience. It really was different. And, uh, you know, so, yes, absolutely. OK, everybody, I think maybe some rock painting, some puzzle. I don't know what's going on, but mm-hmm. definitely try one of these things. Mm-hmm. So interesting that it helped us both. I'm not surprised. All right, friends, you'll find the show notes for this episode, including links to resources we've mentioned, plus lots of great related episodes at EditYourLifeShow.com.
0: And as ever, we love chatting with you online. This week, we'd like to know, what is something good that has happened for your family this school year? Hop over to facebook.com slash Edit Your Life Show and look for the question of the week pinned to the top of the page or chat with us on Instagram at Edit Your Life Show. And we'd be so grateful if you would drop us a review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening.
5: on the air around relatable struggles.